0: The Around the League Podcast. Does it watch soccer?
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Mark Zessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What
3: up, boys? Hey,
2: Dan. Welcome back. July 4th weekend is in the books, and now we are back together.
3: I know we spend way more. Too much time together because it feels like it's been so long since we've all been together. And really, it's only been, what,
2: four days, five days? Four days. And and Greg, on his vacation, not (laughs) shaved, not clean-shaven, a little Don Johnson 87 (laughs) look going on right now. I think he looks kind of fetching like this. (laughs) Fetchy? Yeah, a little bit. Greg on top of his game. TD, what do you think about Greg not uh, clean-shaven?
4: Well... I'm getting to learn a lot, of, a lot of things about Greg doing the show. You know, like how <laughs> active he is, his taste in music.
2: You know, mm. fer, whoever thought Fernal Munch was going to come up, and uh, <laughs> he has a little uh, Michael Sarah in. This is the end vibe going on, like you know. (laughs) Wow! This is like this is is
5: pre-bender. Maybe not a compliment
2: if you saw the movie. Pre-bender.
5: Yeah. Well, Greg has got a week off. He's about to enter into just bender territory in West Los Angeles. This is how I looked for about eight or nine
3: years, working at home, going to the office once a week. It was a beautiful. He gets pretty
5: fired up.
4: I like it. (laughs) He does get fired up.
2: Good body language. All right,
3: uh, boys. We have a very nice
2: show today. Since we've been away for a while, there's a lot to get to. Uh, Plenty of good uh, news tidbits. We. We unveiled our own, on Tuesday morning, we unveiled our own top ten list, each of us, uh, ahead of the NFL Network's top 100 players of 2014. Their top ten will be unveiled on Wednesday night on NFL Network. We have our top tens. We're going to share those. And Chris Wesseling, the scientist, wrote up a piece on the top ten snubs that aren't on the list so we we could safely deduce who's left and who so who was not picked so we're going to get into that we're going to continue our making the leap series is heading toward the home stretch we have two more uh players to hit on that we'll get to that a little later but before we do any of that gentlemen we're going to speak again to td black tie td however you're comfortable calling him behind the glass not behind the glass how you doing, buddy? You want to do some news? <laughs> We're
4: all behind the glass, first of all, like I, like I oh, said. Yeah, Although, Studio New Studio,
2: Studio 66 is, I checked it out today. It's coming along pretty nicely. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing well, guys. How about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> doing nice. It's, yeah. you know, <laughs> awesome. it's good. It's good. Like Greg said, it's great to be all back together. Why don't yeah. we do some news? Yeah! yeah! That's how the scientists got in there. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Leave it in there. But he can't shut it off. So I know. That's oh, there it is. Oh, that's, we've right. that's the, good.
3: We've entered the lamb early. Leave that in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, pe- yeah, You like letting them peep behind the curtain? Leave it all in.
2: It was a long weekend, obviously, for TD, <laughs> whose fingers, sausage fingers just plopped down and hit seven <laughs> buttons at once, apparently.
3: Before you guys get started, though, I got a yeah. question for
2: you, just it, to be topical. Who chooses a team first, the NFL ATL or LeBron?
3: Ooh. Ooh. I would guess LeBron. Oh, yeah. question, we're <laughs> not doing it until the regular season starts, so that would be a problem. The NBA would be in the middle of their... actually.
2: Yeah, I wasn't actually thinking of your question. I was just it made me think about LeBron, how he's about to double cross like forty million people again. That's right Which we won't at, do. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we choose, it will be done uh, in a, democ- a democratic sense, and uh, you know we're, we're going to get it right.
4: Well, and LeBron we- can perfect the double cross. He can make an art out of it.
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, and yeah, the team of ATL, we pick a. Team Team every year. Panthers were last year. That's gonna. We're gonna start ramping that up as we get closer to the regular season. As we nominate our own special teams, and uh, Wes inevitably shoots them down before we side with whatever Wes says.
4: I like the way you're going with it. That is all. That is the. Uh, that
2: is the roadmap here. That's the mo. Well, I like that you're owning up to it too. Oh
4: yeah. I, I, I told you guys. You guys all have teams. I don't have the Jets, the Browns, or the Patriots. Mm.
2: I like Greg keeping silent because Greg is thinking to himself. That's what he thinks. Yeah,
3: that is exactly what I was thinking. I've heard some of these ones that you're bringing up in
0: in those in exact the words. Plop. Yes.
2: Uh, all right, let's do some news. We'll start with some, you know, really bummer news, especially uh, for the Mark Sessler's of the world and the Cleveland Browns fans and anybody that likes Josh Gordon on a football field. Uh, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver was arrested on suspicion of DWI this weekend. Albert Breer. NFL media's own Albert Breer confirmed that Gordon was arrested. Uh, suspicion of DWI in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Gordon was driving while impaired and clock going 50 in a 35-mile-per-hour zone. Here's a quote from Brown's general manager, Ray Farmer. We are aware of the matter and are disappointed to learn of the situation. We will comment further at the appropriate time. Obviously, this is bad, bad timing for Gordon, who had his or has his appeal coming up um, on the... The suspension that he has coming up for failing a drug test with the NFL, now with a DUI hanging over him, uh, it's looking more and more apparent, at least to me, that Josh Gordon isn't playing football in 2014.
4: Not only that, but uh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport tweeted out uh, the day this all went down that the Browns actually feel much stronger than their than their state public statements have been, and there's doubt creeping in now that Gordon will ever play for the Browns again.
5: And they had been planning for weeks, months, for an offense without him. I mean, it's they are closer to him than anyone else. They see his behavior day to day. They have to realize this guy needs to be shut down. It would be wise for the league just to shut him down for the year, and let's see where they are. I what What I don't agree with, is certain people coming out and saying, oh, Cleveland should just cut him. A, you don't pay him if he's suspended, and there's no reason – to get to have the other side of this potential Chris Carter story go to the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Chris, Ravens.
2: Speaking of Chris Carter, Carter said himself that he believes the Browns can help Josh Gordon by releasing him. Here's Carter's quote. I feel for the kid. My situation was very, very similar. If I'm the Cleveland Browns, and it's gut-wrenching for me to say this, I really think that's the only thing that's going to help this kid is if they release him. Uh, if, you're, if you filed the NFL 20 years earlier – 20 years ago, Chris Carter was a, once a rising player for the Eagles who was cut. He, had some, uh, he was a er, partier-type guy. He ended up landing with the Vikings and becoming a Hall of Famer. Um, Mark Sessler, I know because we've discussed, talked about this, that's your ultimate fear, that Gordon gets dumped by the Browns, cleans up his act, and becomes a Hall of Famer somewhere else.
5: Well, I think Wesleyan, he did this post yesterday and correctly pointed out that this isn't the same situation. And it's not the same caliber of player at this point in their careers. When Chris Carter was released by the Eagles, he wasn't the NFL's leading receiver. And you, you, Again, you lose nothing financially by just housing Gordon away and see what comes out on the other end. You don't just let go of him and have another team pick him up. It It
3: sounds weird, but
5: this almost
3: takes the onus and the pressure off the Browns. They didn't know how long they were going to have Gordon for this year. He was going to show up to training camp, practice for a few days, then have his appeal. There was legitimate belief by a lot of people that he wasn't going to get suspended for the whole year. Now this comes up, and I think you're right. You just let the league do what they're going to do, and you revisit it next year. And when-
2: here, and here's the other problem is that with, with- – Josh Gordon, the bigger problem is when he's left to his own devices is when he gets into trouble, it seems. And now, you know, he's going to disappear. Uh, Dequel Jackson, a former teammate, tweeted out after the arrest, if you're close to Josh Gordon, please help this kid. It's not about football anymore. It's about picking up the pieces of his life. He's hanging out, hanging out with undesirables. The guy that bonded him out is a, sounds like a career criminal. I mean, everything around Gordon s- seems toxic right now. It's not a good story. That's a good point about the toxicity
4: of the people around him. But if you're the Browns and you see someone like Honey Badger turn his life around and become a good player and become accountable and does seem to have done a 180, if you're the Browns, I think you kind of owe it to yourself to see if you can help Josh Gordon. And, you know, from a football sense, not give up on a guy.
3: Well, Plus, it, it's an organizational decision. It's not the coach making a decision. Think of how long a year is if he does sit out this year. At this time a year ago, Michael Lombardi and Joe Banner were picking the players. Rob Chudzinski was the coach. I mean, entire organization can change in a year. He, he's someone that's on your team, and you'll worry about it next year when it comes.
2: Two weeks ago, Lane Johnson, the number four overall pick in the 2013 draft, was suspended four for games for a uh, PED violation. Uh, last Thursday, this is right after we uh, put out our last podcast, the Dolphins announced that Dion Jordan, the number three overall pick in the 2013 draft, has been suspended without pay for the first four games of the 2014 season for violating the NFL's policy on PEDs. Uh, Jordan uh, famously was getting a lot of hype earlier this spring. Uh, there was a, a line from... Armando Salguero is that Salguero? Salguero, the Miami Herald, who noted at OTAs that Jordan looked as, "quote, if he took an air pump to his arms and shoulders, uh, and now he gets a PED pop, so not good times for the Dolphins, who are having a a not a good offseason, and Deion Jordan, who is behind the eight ball now."
5: Uh, uh, We can't attribute the air pump blown up arms. Directly to this. We don't know that. I but, can.
4: <laughs> I'll do it. I well, mean, we could draw some connections. No, I mean, we we do just, it. you know, connect a few dots a, maybe. You know, it's you fair know, to say.
5: Checking in with our lawyer angle. We've got to be <laughs> smart about that. But at the same time, it's another Jeff Ireland. A move that looks disastrous right wow. now. Because they traded out up. of nowhere. They trade up to the. We were guys. done trashing Jeff Ireland. Well, to do it again? Well, you are done until an Ireland <laughs> like product. is dancing a jig now that we're <laughs> trashing Jeff Ireland. I guess this is it's up your times. alley. I mean, but it's it. What what a mess! A they they went up to get him, and they had still not even figured out how to correctly use him. They they traded
4: up to draft a three-four outside linebacker for a four-three scheme, and now. He was bulking up to play defensive end because he wasn't big enough to play that position. Mm. He's going to lose weight if he's not on the PADs, we can assume. <laughs> so is he back to being a linebacker again, which he doesn't fit in a 4-3 scheme? I don't know if we and can assume that. That he's going to drop some weight?
3: That well they, well, they didn't have a position for it. He wasn't even going to start. That's a top five right. pick not starting. Imagine if this was another sport, though. Two top four picks get busted for PDS, and yet it doesn't really feel like... A massive story, does it? There's just something. I don't want to inspire any shadowy league figures to walk into this studio, but isn't it just weird how the NFL is Teflon when it comes to relatively high-profile guys getting PED suspended? Probably because the NFL, <laughs> the NFL
4: actually is a watchdog organization who, f- who finds out these failed tests and then punishes them. All right. I Whereas like for years, the Major League Baseball was Home just the, the Wild West. You could do whatever you wanted. Mm.
2: It's a lot of heat. There's a lot of heat all over the place. Hey, that's not the only suspension that happened on Thursday. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver LeVon Brazil has been suspended for at least one year without pay for violating the NFL's policy for substances of abuse. Uh, This is just another failed drug test for Brazil, who was tagged with a four-game ban to start the 2013 season. Uh, He didn't seem to have a big role coming up this season for the Colts, but now he's out of play for an entire year. If not more, his career might be over.
4: He made a couple of big plays in the playoffs last year when they needed him with so many injuries, but now that Reggie Wayne's coming back, they draft Dante Moncrief, they still have Derrick Rogers. He was probably fighting for the number five spot. Um, I thought the suspension was interesting because he said last summer when he was suspended that he was going to have to choose between marijuana and money, hmm. and it looked like he didn't really make the right choice.
5: Is that a roadmap? If he got 16 games for marijuana or a substance, is it Gordon a home run for sixteen games? Where there was all this optimism that would be six to eight, but in general, if you're a multiple
3: time offender and a DWI would fall under that policy, yeah, then you would get a year, you would think. Greg,
2: answer without thinking. Money or marijuana. Answer, 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 Okay.
5: Money would allow you to go buy as much product of any sort that you'd want. So I would go money.
2: T D, money or marijuana. Go, 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 baby. A little of hesitation. A little good, hesitation. Good there. I had to put my, head in t- my mic noticed, on mute. I noticed
4: you did not check in with me
2: on that topic. <laughs> well, Wes, we're going to be checking Wes into rehab directly after I today's podcast. I would like podcast. to have money
4: at one point in my life. It'd be nice. <laughs> uh,
2: all right. Let's do some more positive RG3 stories. Uh, Wes has hyped up RG3 as the comeback player of the year all offseason. And now offensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins, Sean McVay, is uh, getting in on the praise train. And he's hyping up the young quarterback as the guy who's going to be the guy that we saw when he was a rookie. Here's the quote. We, he looks like he is exactly what he was in the 2012 season. Uh, McVeigh recently told ESPN Radio, I think people underestimate when you have a brace on your knee how much that truly restricts you. So I think being able to take that off, he looks extremely explosive. RG3, RG3 again, and if so, get ready to see him near the, the top of the top 100 list next year.
4: <laughs> this is one thing I've been saying since the end of last year, that RG3 wouldn't be himself again until he got rid of that bulky brace. It's just hard to play with that, especially his skill set. And as Mark was typing up this post Saturday afternoon, I was actually watching uh, RG3's 2012 film. Explain brag. I don't know if I feel he, – he, he was absolutely explosive. I don't know if I feel as strongly about him after watching the film. That, that offense, I think Kyle Shanahan should get as much credit as RG3. That offense was set up where all they did was run slants, crossing routes, screens, occasional deep balls. And some read option, RG3 still has to prove he can be an NFL quarterback, I think.
5: Don't they have more uh, weapons in the passing game than they did back then? It's got to help He's a little bit. He's absolutely set up for success,
4: and I believe in his talent. I just don't know if I believe in his skill set as an NFL quarterback
3: yet. He, he was wildly accurate that year. He was maybe the most accurate quarterback Is in the league. Is wildly
4: accurate a term?
3: I know. That's a <laughs> fair <laughs> that's point. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but you're right. That's why I think – We've talked about him as someone that could have such a range in his career because we haven't seen him do that. And when some analysts were putting up a warning flag during his rookie year, they were just saying he's been great in everything they asked him to do, but they didn't ask him to do as much as
5: Andrew Luck did. One thing McVeigh points out in the second part of his quote is that it's that mobility and his ability to run again that they're going to use as opposed to uh, you know the laundry list of articles. I'm going to shy away from this long career-wise. You don't want to get hurt. McVeigh's like, this is he's going to be used as a running quarterback.
4: Real quick, he was accurate, and he was accurate in college too, but when you watch, he has such defined throws where, okay, you're going to hit this option and he's wide open because you ran a play action or because you did read option. I think that's a big part of his accuracy.
2: We are taping this podcast on July 8th. On July 15th, which is, I guess, a week from today, the Saints and Jimmy Graham hit the deadline for coming to agreement on a long-term contract. Of course, Graham lost his um, his case to be labeled as a wide receiver in accordance to the franchise tag. Uh, so he's in a tough uh, predicament right now. Retired tight end and future Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez has some insight on Graham's predicament. Uh, here's his quote. I can think of a few terms to describe what's going on in the NFL, like, quote, backward, quote, lack of common sense, and, quote, behind the times, <laughs> Gonzalez wrote on CBSsports.com, but the one that makes the most sense is discrimination. Salaries should be set based on production and contributions, not positions. I'm kind of exhausted with all this stuff with the tight ends and the money and stuff. But I will say that the big the big <laughs> story to me, eat. yeah, the big story to me <laughs> is there's so much bad blood between the Saints and Graham that there is a scenario where Graham is not on the field week one. How likely is this? When uh- not I
4: think at all. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Thursday afternoon on Total Access, Ian kind of had Graham's side where he could envision Graham if he, if they don't agree to a to a long term contract by next week's deadline, he can envision Graham holding out a training camp, possibly sitting out some regular season games, and then Albert Breer had it from the Saints side <laughs> where they're confident that they'll come to an agreement by july fifteenth. I mean
3: That's they're gonna make him the highest paid Tight end. They've already offered him a contract that, that makes him the highest paid tight
5: end. But his angle is that he needs to be. That there's still a, a a gap between that money and the money and, he believes he should be paid. And, as and a Gonzalez wide made
4: a good point that even when the Chiefs made him the highest paid tight end in the league twice, he still wasn't getting top wide receiver money, which he felt he deserved.
3: Hit, Graham, I think, will get close to it. He'll get nine million dollars a year at at least.
4: That's not top wide receiver money. It's
3: close. That's nine not even ten. that's
4: not even Mike Wallace money. Much less Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. Money. Is it Wallace? Fifteen million? Twelve million.
3: It's fair. It's fair, but I don't. When I hear those two different reports on our air, it sounds like negotiating through the media.
5: Yes. Doesn't I, it feel I think
3: the worst case scenario is? I think they will sign a contract in the next week, and if that doesn't happen, I think the worst case scenario is he signs sometime before you know ten days before the start of the year.
5: Five years from now, if they're still doing franchise tags somewhat the same way, will there be two tight end designations? I mean, you've got a group of guys that don't fit with a big chunk of the other players that play their positions.
4: I would imagine we'd have to wait for the next collective bargaining agreement, which I think would be in 2021. Far down the road, yeah. But would we get rid of positions altogether and just come up with one franchise Mm. tag number for all positions? I like that. I
2: like that, too. All right, moving on, gentlemen. So the top 100 players of 2014, the NFL Network, will unveil the final 10 names on the list. The Around the League team said, you know what? We're going to put out our top ten and let the people decide which list is better. That was not actually what we discussed. That was not the conceit for doing this. But this is our top ten list. We All, all five of us, including Kevin Patra, uh, did one. And w- why don't we go through them now? And I guess the best way to do this is go one list at a time. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll do the rundown. And then you know, Mark, Wes, Greg, whoever. Jump in with a question about the list that I just read off. We'll start with the boss because mm. he is the boss. <laughs> he is the editor of Around the League. Greg Rosenthal. Here's his top list one through 10. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, JJ Watt, Calvin Johnson at number five, Drew Brees, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, Robert Quinn, and Philip Rivers. Phil Rivers, he's in.
3: Yeah, that was tough for me. I, I had an easy time actually getting the first eight in order. After that, there was five or six guys that I kept, you know, switching around. Ben Roethlisberger was a strong consideration. Rob Gronkowski was a consideration. But Rivers, to me, just the more I think about it as he's hitting about age 32 and the offense around him and the pe- – I could see him having a Drew Brees like late career run, and if we're just talking about this season, who I'm the most confident is going to be a top five type of quarterback and, and sneak into the end of this top ten. I think we got to give our boy Philip Rivers some love. Well, you are maybe ca- not our boy. You my are boy. catching
5: some heat already <laughs> on NFL.com for your decision, and so really? it's a bold one. Ah, that's stupid. There's been some whispers <laughs> from the readers concerned about the fact that he was The comment section is always uh, a bastion
2: of common sense. They didn't
5: like Rivers on there or just in general? No, Rivers. Oh, but okay. I, I'm surprised, anyone surprised that Big Ben is not chosen over Rivers. What did you and Rivers do over the July
4: 4th weekend when you were hanging out together?
5: <laughs> Watch <laughs> Rivers' tape from last season.
3: And on a week-to-week basis in terms of accurate everything you're looking for in a quarterback. And I, I think he's going to be like a Manning and a Brady where as his mind is just so far ahead of the rest of the league, he's gonna be his best in his thirties.
4: I agree with that. His mind is pretty far ahead of the rest of the league. Do you have any concern whatsoever about how he how often he relied on short passes last year in Ken Wizenhunt's offense and how will that be different without Wisenhunt? Will, team, will defenses adjust to these short, quick passes? You
3: never like the idea of changing offensive coordinators, but I do like what I heard when our guy Bucky Brooks was in here last time talking about the up-tempo offense, letting Rivers really control it, kind of like a Peyton Manning. That's more pass attempts, more on Rivers' shoulders, more Rivers. And I
2: will uh, – one more note on Greg's list. You and you write we, – we have the write-up on NFL.com of all our lists, and you wrote that – Uh, LaShawn McCoy, in your mind, has, quote, narrowly passed Adrian Peterson as the league's top running back. That caused Wes to throw up his pen in disgust. And I'm using disgust as the exact word because that's the look in his face right
3: now. Greg? 700 more yards Shady McCoy had than Adrian Peterson last year. I don't think the gap is that large, but that's pretty big. LaShawn McCoy is in the very prime of his career. He is a dynamic Player on passing downs half of the downs in the NFL are passing downs now and he you can't compare him to Peterson on passing downs McCoy has rounded out his game where he's now a good inside runner he breaks tackles to me he is a guy that I think we'll look back on was underrated throughout his career and he's smack in the middle of his prime
4: the gap is gaping. Adrian Peterson
3: and then all other running backs. This is 2014. This isn't 2008 to 2013. This is this year. Adrian
4: Peterson is Tim Duncan in his prime. You can post him up, run your offense through him. LaShawn McCoy is Kevin Garnett. He's going to float on the perimeter. Be inconsistent. You can't really run your offense through him.
3: Who touched the ball more? I mean, they, he was just as active as Put Peterson. Adrian Peterson in, in Chip Mark. Kelly's offense, and this it gets all the
4: yards. All of Whenever the yards in the NFL <laughs> go to Adrian Peterson if you put him
3: in Look, Chip Kelly's offense. I have Adrian on, Peterson, guys. a running back, number eight on the list. He, he is, uh, what, the num- my number three ranked non-quarterback or number four hey. ranked. Now, I think he is an unbelievable player. Let's but McCoy... We, should, do, we should just move on. It's
5: gotten a little uncomfortable. I though. don't like it. I'm I'm not happy about this one. I'm am su- surprised.
3: All right, Come let's. On. Peterson just shreds fools. <laughs>
2: All right, let's just move on. It
3: can't be contained. Come on, is scientists this a, need to be on the is, same page. Is he as good as he was a few years ago?
2: Was
4: is he as good as he was two years ago when he had one of the best seasons of all no, time? Take it to the lab, gentlemen. Probably all right. not. All right, still <laughs> better than everyone Back else. Back
2: to studio for and into the lab. All right, here's my top ten. <laughs> I, and I'll start right at the top because it's probably the most notable thing. I was the only one not to put Aaron Rodgers as the number one player. I have Peyton Manning at one, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, J.J. Watt, Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, Drew Brees, Earl Thomas, Darrell Revis, and LaShawn McCoy at number ten.
3: So you are buying – well, let's start with with why Manning over Rodgers. I I just found it
2: impossible coming off a season where Manning, yes, he's getting older, but until he truly plays old, I'm not going to drop him, and I think he's mastered the position in a way that we've never seen in the NFL. So as long as he's coming off that season – I am not going to not put him at number 1 because I think he plays his position better than any other player plays a position in the league and he plays the most important position. Mm. So for me that makes do, him more. Do,
5: does it factor in for you that Rodgers was hurt and didn't have a chance to uh, put a little bit. Yeah, up? I mean we
2: talked about this last week that I my only uh, concerns about Rodgers, you know, marking him as the best player is a the injuries last year and also that they haven't had much playoff success which of course the team is a big Reason that, but um, they haven't really done anything since that Super Bowl win. Um, so yeah, Rodgers is number two, and by uh, he's a clear cut number two for me. But I think Manning just gets the edge.
3: Do you hey. still own a Darrell Revis jersey? That's jersey. I mean, in the top ten in 2014. I uh, yeah, I've been
2: saying it all off season. I've been uh, pounding the table that I think Revis hyper motivated, playing for a great coach uh, in a great spot in New England, where they're going to know how to use him and play him the right way. Uh, entering his age 29 season. I think he has another year or, or two of truly elite play where he's going to be all the way back, a full year removed from knee surgery. I think people are sleeping on Revis as being uh, Revis Island Revis. I agree. People are sleeping
4: on Revis. I have no problem with him on your top 10 list. Uh, as far as Manning playing at a really high level, one of the highest levels we've ever seen, almost as high as Aaron Rodgers played three years ago when he set the passer rating record, and his team was 15-1. and one. <laughs> Peyton Manning
2: almost played that well last year. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're saying something that happened three that years guy. ago.
4: Aaron Rodgers is still that guy, but he's not throwing to Julius Thomas, Maybe. Wes Welker, Decker, and Demaryius. <laughs> Thomas. Sure, his
2: weapons are good, but listen, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been hard up for weapons in his career either, yeah, so you can't I don't think really, that's the way yeah, you to you
4: can't really knock Rodgers' playoff success when he's been a much better playoff quarterback than Peyton Manning.
2: Ooh.
5: Well, there's some heat. I like your inclusion of Earl Thomas on this list. I don't think anyone else had Earl Thomas mentioned.
2: I thought, it, I thought it was telling, you know, when you're talking about it, that was a historically great defense. Uh, you know, I think he's the guy, really, that's the glue of that defense, and I thought it was interesting that Seattle took care of him first for a contract. I think this guy is a stud in the prime of his career, and I think uh, playing for the best team in the league and all that, I think he deserves the spot. Any, any other quibbles before we move on?
4: No, I like the Earl Thomas. I think he should be ahead of Richard Sch- Sherman on most lists.
2: And, oh, I went to say, I was just, because I had Jamal Charles, I was going to put him at 11, hmm. uh, or I was, argu- I was arguing with myself between McCoy and Charles. What was your number 11, was uh, Greg?
3: Rob Gronkowski. It was hard to leave Gronk because I think if he's healthy, he's the biggest game changer of any offensive player in the league that's and, not a quarterback.
2: Not to get off topic, but I was at a barbecue this weekend, and a good buddy of mine asked me, he, in his keeper league, he could keep. Rob Gronkowski in the fourth round, or Gio Bernard in the third round? Hmm. What would be your choice?
4: Definitely Gronk, because in fa- fantasy football is all about having an advantage on everyone else in the league. And when you have Gronk, you have an advantage on everyone else in the league.
5: Let me get this straight. You have friendships outside of this circle. <laughs> I hate that it came out like this, but sadly, (laughs) that
2: is the truth. All right, uh, we're moving on now. Mark is a little upset, so we're going to bring him up now. We'll go through his list. Uh, Mark's top ten reads like this. Number one, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, number five, Mm. Ben Roethlisberger, Calvin Johnson, J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman, and Luke Kuechly. Who wants to jump in?
3: Six quarterbacks to start it off. Andrew Luck already ahead of guys like JJ Watt and Calvin Johnson. Well, look, can I All
5: right. I almost just went 10 <laughs> quarterbacks. Because I don't like the way that the whole top 100 is constructed where we feel in This a is need. your top
2: 10 though. Forget about how they do it. Well, it's no, your that's world, the kid.
5: reason I think they've got it wrong is that you have to dot the list with all these different positions. If I were to start a team, easily I would go one of those top ten quarterbacks before anyone else to start my team. But no it's not a, to a
3: start the team list. It's who is the best at what they do, I think, is, I, is a big part I, of I it.
5: take a franchise quarterback's contribution – over almost any almost any other player I, in the league.
2: I find Luck a very interesting, intriguing pick. He could be ahead of the curve because he might become a true superstar this year. But the argument is that you're projecting because his first two seasons, he's had amazing moments. But he's, his statistics have been pedestrian for on some level. He, he isn't quite that guy yet where he's, you could say, oh, he's a top five player in the league. You say he is right now
4: it's about expectations for 2014 season and that isn't
5: that what this top 100 list that's is that's what i take it as not in, you're right about the stats but i don't look at last season's numbers andrew luck is i have no problem calling him the fifth best quarterback in well, football
2: well when we were when we were putting together the making the leap list i made a failed argument to include luck because i thought he would make the leap to superstar status so i agree with you and i think i kind of like him on this list that's a just Mark, just showing the guts that he has inside. I think
3: he's the flashiest quarterback in the league, and that's going to get him. I mean, like that those throws in the playoffs, like the one the to, lo- to the yeah. suspended, LeVon now suspended Brazil. LeVon yeah. Brazil. I mean, he makes two throws every game that no quarterbacks make. I Luke
2: Keekley number 10 on your list. I believe you're the only one of the five of us to have Keekley involved. Defensive player of the year, Luke Keekley.
5: Yeah, I, I just think I look at impact and the kind of impact certain players have on their teams, too. Part of it is scheme. You can't get around that. And I think he's a guy, you take him out of that defense, everything changes for Carolina. They That's wouldn't a, have been a playoff team last year without it's him. It's a I fair point.
4: I didn't put it in my top 10 because I don't think he's appreciably better than Levante David or Patrick Willis. Or a healthy Navarro Bowman, much less appreciably better than Thomas Davis.
3: Why do you hate uh, J.J. Watt so much? We all had him in the top five, and you're going to have to explain to J.J., who's a big yeah. listener of the podcast. I have
5: met him in person, and he <laughs> could destroy me in quicker than that UFC fight that Wesleyan and I watched. Ronda but, Rousey. Yeah, she you took guys care watch of her UFC fights. It happened by it was, certain. It wasn't was was going on. It was going on in the room, so we were forced to watch. But it. the woman champion took care of the uh, challenger in maybe five and a half seconds. But it was impressive. It, Did you
2: guys ride to the bar on a motorcycle to watch your UFC Scooter. match? Scooter? No. It,
5: it was <laughs> it was happenstance that it was on before us. But I will say that what um, it just goes back to. Everyone got bumped down because I would. Yeah. I, I wish I just done ten ten quarterbacks.
2: All right. Anything else with Mark's list? It's a good Last burst. chance. Nice nice job, Mark. All right. And you <laughs> Fair know, enough. move yes, on. I have friends me. outside the around the league circle, but you're very special to me.
5: <laughs> I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Chris Wesling, the scientist, we'll go through the mailman's list. Number one, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, JJ Watt at five, Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, Robert Quinn, Jimmy Graham, and number ten number ten. Andrew Luck. Thoughts, gentlemen.
3: What, and me and you are the only two that had Quinn on. What was the thought process with sneaking a pass rush for the Rams on the end of the list?
4: I thought, uh, okay, JJ watched the best defensive player in the league, but I thought Quinn had the best season of any defensive player last year. Uh, he was, I think he had seven forced fumbles in addition to his 19 sacks. He's the fastest. He's up there, okay, with J- J- uh, Javon Curse and Dwight Freene is the fastest defensive ends I've ever seen.
3: I like the idea that Bucky Brooks was telling us about how Greg Williams is going to get more one-on-one matchups for Quinn. And just that defensive it seems like to me he's in such a position to have an all-time contract-run type of season, and they'll have to pay Robert Quinn a ridiculous sum of money next year. Wes,
2: you have Jimmy Graham on your list. Unless I'm mistaken, you're the only around-the-league member to put him in the top ten. Was it hard to put him in over Rob Gronkowski?
4: No, because I don't – a lot of this list is about 2014 expectations, and there's just – as great as I think Gronkowski is, he has the best age 25 career of any tight end in history – I just don't know what he's going to be coming off reconstructive knee surgery. Um, It was hard. That was between Jamal Charles and LaShawn McCoy were my next two people, and I chose Jimmy Graham and Luck over them. I was going to have Luck in my top ten regardless just Hmm. because it's fun.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I want that on record that I had him in my top
2: ten.
4: So you
3: like Shady McCoy. I
4: I do like Shady McCoy. Jamal Charles, I thought, had an even better year than than McCoy last year.
2: Jamal Charles not showing up in any of our top ten lists seems – A tad unfair when you look at what he did last year. That's fair. Jimmy Graham,
4: though, I think before his plantar fascia, which nobody in the media will ever talk about for some reason (laughs) – he tore his plantar fascia in October
2: last year. on the year, blacklist of media coverage. Was topics. averaging
4: 120 yards per game and was discussed as the leader for the MVP at that point in the season. And then he went down to 50-something yards per game after that. It's easy to forget just how dominant he was early last season. He's
3: had a couple of those little nagging injuries in his career. That wasn't the first. that, that Because
5: he's a tight end. Fair. one thing. Not a wide receiver. I see uh, no Jason Campbell on this list. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> because... I subtract one point for every check down
4: you throw. <laughs>
5: Puts <some laughs> him in trouble, territory. maxed
4: at negative 320. Less showing how
3: the sausage is made. <laughs> those top 10 list. I am surprised you put Manning over Tom Brady. Dan and I were actually talking about this, uh, about your list. That's how, you know, obsessed we are with you. I'm we we could have sworn you would have put I'm Tom Brady over I'm Manning. Too,
4: because I do believe if you put Brady in the Broncos offense, he does the same thing as Manning. But I guess... Dan's point on consistency, it does matter. And from week to week, Manning was more consistent last year. And he's going to have better weapons again this year, so he'll probably be more consistent again.
2: Anything else on Wes's list? I just want to run through Patch's list as well because he is the fifth member of ATL. He is our Chicago correspondent. One, Aaron Rodgers. Two, J.J. Watt. Peyton Manning. Tom Brady. Drew Brees. Calvin Johnson. Earl Thomas. Adrian Peterson. LaShawn McCoy. And Richard Sherman. I think 10, I think for Sherman. Did he get on anybody else's list?
5: Uh, yeah, got on mine. Okay. It's
2: funny, Patrick's list is almost like if you took a poll of our four lists, <laughs> right. it would be this top 10. So, Patrick tying it up neatly in a red bow. It's got Watt number
3: two. The one difference is Watt, number two. That's I do think you can make the argument that Watt, over the last two years, has played his position better than anyone has played any position. I agree
4: with that. Yeah. I like that Patra also rewards the Seahawks' defense. That's nice that he has both Sherman and Thomas in the top ten, which kind of relates to how dominant they were last year.
2: Good job, Kevin Patra. We love you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, All right, so now let's go – let's move on to something that Chris Wessling wrote up over the weekend. Uh, Now we're going to cycle – that's our top tens. Now we're going to go to the NFL Network side of it that the players voted on – we kind of have a general idea, if you do the processes of elimination, who's going to be the top ten for their list. So West felt uh, safe to list his ten snubs from the NFL Network's top 100 players list, and I will read off that t- top ten right now. In order, Matt Ryan, Calais Campbell, Percy Harvin, Jairus Byrd.
1: Jairus S- <sighs> Bayer. Thomas
2: Davis Jarrell Casey Carlos Dansby Jordan Cameron Julius Thomas and Jason Hatcher those are the top ten snubs. According to Chris Wessling, uh, Greg made a dismissive gesture or sound just now. So what let's hear that? what that oh. was about.
3: Oh, Once we got to the Carlos Dansby, uh, you know, we could have just left it at six snubs or something. Greg and we, <laughs> I'm just saying, people aren't going to be, you know, Carlos. torching the streets, being wondering where Dansby
5: Where's is. Dansby?
4: <laughs> Carlos Dansby, who Damn Cardinals it. fans <laughs> firmly believe should have been in Defensive Player of the Year discussion last year. No, this
5: is a very solid list. <laughs> I, I I didn't I I've not followed the top 100s every movement, and I already You're thought that Jordan Cameron was on the top, the top 100. It disturbs me that he's not, <laughs> and that Julius Thomas is not. I I don't I don't understand. I well, how this you thing have is to
4: get happening. Charles Clay onto your top 100 list somehow. There you go, and we and that was right out of the
5: gate. Uh, you know, an infamous move Hard that I don't know. To the voting process here is disturbing.
4: Matt Ryan 17th. In 2013. Out of the list. Out of the, out of the, list. Out just of the top because, 100. Just because his wide receivers got hurt and his offensive line was terrible and, last year. And Other than that, he was the exact same quarterback.
2: To a man, anyone you ask about, and we got a good idea of this during the Seahawks playoff run, everyone speaks with reverence about Percy Harvin and, and what he brings to a team. And I mean, listen, the guy, and then he showed it in the Super Bowl. If this is the top 100 players of 2014, how is he not anywhere on this list?
3: Got to be on the field, though. Two straight years he wasn't really on the field. It, he had nothing to do with year them making half. the playoffs. So if he's on most teams in the league, he wouldn't have played last year.
4: Do you assume that he will be on the field this year?
3: Not really. I do.
5: Well, I will assume that until it's not true. I don't have the uh, <laughs> NFL. <laughs> I don't have the NFL injury Thanks, predictor, Mark. but I've been <laughs> looking all,
4: f- all over for it. Turns out it was behind Greg's couch the whole no, time.
3: No, I look. He is. <laughs> A uh, smaller guy. He's huge. He's he's, he's one of the most rocked-out wide receivers in the NFL. But he NFL. plays so aggressively. Yes. He's had a significant problem with injuries in his career. You can't deny this. We knocked Gronk for such same reason.
4: I'd knock guys because I think if I'm not sure how they're going to look going into the season, but Percy Harvin's 100%.
5: Yeah, that's fair. You was, can't call this list best players of 2014. You cannot do it because if you're not going to yeah. put Matt Ryan on this list, and you're going to put guys like Charles Clay on this thing? And Joe Franco is, no, is in the top 50. Just, That's the part I don't get. Right. I think a Super Bowl win buys you a lot of stock for a couple seasons after it happens. And if you're Matt Ryan and you don't and you and you get stuck on a team that, that nose dives to four wins, you're
4: you're out real quick. A couple of relevant stats on Matt Ryan: the number of the list of quarterbacks with a higher completion percentage over the last two years, Peyton Manning. Mm. The list of quarterbacks with more yards over the last two years, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, that's it.
3: He, he was great in the first half of last year, and people forget that because they kept losing tough games. But every week I did those quarterback rings, every week I would watch Ryan, and I kept sticking him in my top five. And people were complaining because they were losing games, but if you watched him play, he was unbelievable. No running game, no defense.
2: Turned Harry Douglas into a 1,000-yard receiver.
3: <laughs> Mark,
2: can I hear some more theories of assumption by you?
5: What how do we mean this? <laughs> you just assume. <laughs> I find the exercise very disturbing. You need to actually decide what we're voting on. It is you don't tell me that Matt Ryan is not a top one hundred player this season starting right now, two thousand fourteen. Absurdities. The,
3: the list Out of your list, the name that surprised me the most, just in terms of not making it, I can understand how Ryan didn't make it just because only 14 quarterbacks didn't rank it, and people are stupid. They don't pick guys <laughs> that win games. Jairus Bird. That's absurd. That seems really strange to me. Not Gyrus only is he an MVP. Byard. Byard. He's an MVP of this podcast. That yeah, should have sure. been enough buzz to get on the list. <laughs>
2: how are, How is this not connecting? My only assumption is that Uh, Speaking of assumptions, my only assumption is that we don't have enough NFL players voting that listen
3: to the podcast. Mm. Because he certainly would have been, what, top four, top two maybe? People can't pronounce his name. They can't put him on the list. Give the guy some respect. If there are NFL –
4: if there are voters listening, I would like to throw out a few phrases from Mark Sessler's screed on Aaron Rodgers being ranked number 11 instead of in the top two or three where he (laughs) belongs.
2: Yeah, Mark
4: wrote something where he called – Our precious collection of player voters, the same wizards who left Jimmy Graham off the list last year. No general manager on terra firma would leave Aaron Rodgers out of the list. And the voting process has left Mark wondering if there are hanging chads flickering in the wind.
5: I I cannot wait for the show to end. You are a factory of (laughs) sadness!
2: Well... I'm amazed, first of all, that Mark still works
3: for the company after that post. Well, the funny thing is. (laughs) Well, it was edited down. Well, the funny thing is, Wesley is reading the highly edited version. No, no, no. This is the original version. No, it's not. Uh, I printed it out. Oh, well, raw, uncensored version. (laughs) No, this is not it. You never saw the original version. There were F bombs
2: in the original version. This is the one that made. No,
3: that's not true. (laughs) Wesley never saw the original. It didn't make it on the site. This reached the highest levels of the NFL.com editorial staff. And I'm not even exaggerating. I was in a room with two other executives, and Mark's piece, where he slammed the list, uh, came up, and uh, some adjustments had to be made. That's right. They were made I'm not exaggerating swiftly. this at all.
2: Uh, once again, reaffirms what we already knew Mark Sessler, the NFL's bad boy. <laughs> 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 the Bill Lane beer <laughs> Rick Ball um, Alright, let's move on Finally, we're going to Supersize the show Next week so much to get to We're going to be A little longer than uh, usual So if you're on your Treadmill listening right now Or on the elliptical machine Or you're out in the fields you got a lot more work To do we're not at, done yet Push, push through As
4: one of our listeners Or tweeted. Yeah, on
2: vacation Which I'm happy that Our listeners are taking Vacations But it made me jealous To think that someone Was listening to my voice when they were on a beach while i was at home with an 8 months pregnant woman who no wait a you know, minute also reached... known as your wife right not just <laughs> well, any thankfully woman. she's my well, wife just
5: you know maybe no, just a random woman possibly for the day more right. endearing if she my wife, ways to be
2: sitting with her i mean you know it's tough anybody that has has you know been around a pregnant woman in the late period of the pregnancy it gets real gentlemen
3: that's fair. yeah
2: not a lot of laughs
5: <laughs>
2: Put it this way Being on the beach in uh, the Dominican Republic Or wherever that gentleman was Fair to say that envious. her burden
5: Slightly higher than yours at the moment
2: It's something, you know, we gotta weigh, the, weigh it It could go either way really. <laughs> Alright uh, Good thing my wife does not listen to our podcast uh, Alright, so we'll, She will now We'll close up with the Making the Leap uh, We are down to the uh, final seven names on the list We'll start with Denver Broncos running back Monty Ball, who uh, comes in at number seven, as I said, and uh, I wrote up this piece. I will say that uh, after watching uh, the game tape of Ball's touches and uh, you know how he was used, uh, he got a lot better as the season went along, uh, so that, that's definitely reason to be optimistic. They let NoSean Moreno go in free agency, and there isn't a really uh, a big push behind him in terms of competition, so it looks pretty clear that the Broncos are going to lean hard on Ball as their featured guy. He's playing for, in my opinion, as we know from the top 10, the greatest quarterback in the world, who's playing at the height of his powers, which changes how defenses have to play against the run. means he'll be seeing a lot of looks, uh, nickel and dime looks, that will leave the the field open for him if he, if he does his job. Uh, so I think Ball is a promising player who showed flashes last season of being a guy that could be a Pro Bowl-type player. But even uh, more importantly, the reason I think he makes the leap is because he's in the most envious of positions for any running back in the league right now.
4: NoShawn Marino had 1,600 yards from scrimmage last year and over a dozen touchdowns and got peanuts on the open market.
5: You might not make the Dolphins. What
4: does that tell you?
5: I think what it tells me is that people look at Denver's offense, and if you're a running back in that offense, you're going to be dealing with essentially nickel-dime quarter coverage all day long. No one's stacking the box to deal with your running back when Peyton Manning has five high-octane receivers to throw to.
4: It also tells you that the Broncos decided Marino left too many yards on the field.
5: Hmm.
3: This this making the leap list is for players that we see – as just wildly talented a lot of times. But sometimes it's the situation too. You can make the leap and to me his case is basically boiled down to what you said. If if Noshan Moreno can get fifteen hundred yards, then why can't Mounty Ball get a little and more?
2: Ball is a better player. If you you watch it, hey Ball's a really good downhill runner. He's powerful, uh, he's quick. Uh, he, he runs between tackles better than Moreno does. So, yeah, going by what Moreno did, if Ball stays healthy, he should, he should not have any problem. I'll, I'll wait for the over-and-under on production until we're, we're done with the topic. But, you know, I think that he shouldn't have any problem putting up the type of numbers that will earn Pro Bowl consideration.
5: What, like, Ronnie Hillman, a big disappointment so far in Denver. But C.J. Anderson is a sleeper to put up some numbers this season.
2: Hmm.
4: that's not a bad late-round flyer for fantasy
3: leagues.
4: Considering the oh, the nugget. lack of job security among backs in Denver. And the Broncos haven't told us this publicly, but their offseason moves suggest they want more physicality and power in their offense. Moving Orlando Franklin from right tackle inside to guard, a massive player, and then putting Chris Clark at right tackle, they want to add more power to the running game, hmm. which should help Monte Ball.
2: Yeah, the whole line should be better with Ryan Clady back. And, uh, yeah, if you want to talk about an obstacle, he did put the ball on the ground three times, lost three fumbles uh, earlier in the season, which led to him uh, hitting the doghouse for a bit. He didn't play in uh, large stretches of uh, week four and five. Seemed to clean that up as the season went along. Uh, Let's play uh, over-under time, gentlemen. Monty Ball, 300 touches.
5: I'd go over. I'm going to go under.
2: I'll go over. 1,300 rushing yards.
5: Under. I'm going to go under. I also will go under.
2: 10 touchdowns.
5: Over. Woo. I go Broncos offense. That's
2: a top 10 fantasy pick if you're playing along at home. And finally, 50 catches.
5: Under. Under.
2: Yeah, under.
4: One thing real quick on fumbling. I have a question for you guys. Do you attribute all the fumbling issues from – Broncos backs, Hillman, Marino. Mm. Two years ago, McGee he fumbled six or seven times. To being tasked with so many responsibilities in Peyton Manning's offense, maybe they can't quite get into a groove.
5: It's a good argument. I mean, you got too much on your plate.
2: Hmm, that should be
4: the
5: number one priority, theory. though, especially for, any for running back. young running backs like it's Hillman a great and Ball.
4: It seemed like they're extra nervous. Well, they're thinking.
2: Right. They're thinking instead of And if you watch early, he had a terrible first half of the season, uh, Ball did, and he couldn't catch. I mean, he had stone hands. This is a guy who they, uh, to the Broncos' credit, they kept going to him because I think they believed what they were seeing on the practice field. But early on in the season, the the ball would bounce off his hands, he'd be shaking his head, uh, and he was dealing with some confidence issues early. It has to be somewhat intimidating to walk into that offense. Yeah, I agree. Number five on our list. We'll get to number six on Thursday. Don't question our methods. Just you know, believe in the approach, and we're going to get to number six. We might six. just skip him. No, we might even <laughs> skip him. Listen, you don't know. We might never <laughs> even know who number six is. We won't tell you unless he comes up. Here we go. Number five. On, and, and, actually, no. Look it up. NFL.com slash making the leap.
3: Oh, yeah. We got the whole list there.
2: Whole list there. Everybody on our list here. Put a lot of work in these. A lot of work. Number five on the list is... Patriots linebacker Jamie Collins. Greg Rosenthal wrote up the piece, and uh, he believes that Collins is a man that showed plenty of promise and now will make the leap and become a big-time pass rusher in the Patriots' defense. Tell us why.
3: Well, you know, Bill Belichick in the 80s, Essentially, defined what people were looking for in 3 4 linebackers. Like the, the linebackers he had with the Giants, that kind of became the prototypes. And the, these are the, you know, you want the Carl Banks in the middle, you want these guys in the outside. And to me, Jamie Collins has a chance to be almost that new sort of prototype. It's not a 3 4 or a 4 3. He's not really an outside linebacker, an inside linebacker. You can play him in both. He's a 250 pound, 6 4 guy who can play slot cornerback when you ask him, who played safety in college. He can rush the passer well when you ask him to, but a lot of times he's just backing up in coverage, and he's guarding tight ends. He had T.Y. Hilton and LeVon Brazil sometimes one-on-one in coverage in the playoffs, not necessarily what you're always looking for, but did a really nice job in coverage and can do a little bit of everything, and he gives Belichick a chance to be more creative. And to me, Collins is a perfect, player for this era of football where you want guys at that outside linebacker position to do a little bit of everything.
2: I, I like, by the way, that you this is Collins, who didn't see much work until week 14. This is truly Greg going out on a, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a a long branch and making the leap on a man that maybe you didn't have a lot to go off. You think that he's just going to the game is going to come to him. He's going to process it. He's going to be a major figure this year. He barely
3: played until week 14. Uh, and he really played about half the snaps for a few games after that. Then Brandon Spikes got hurt, and he played every snap in the playoffs. And his performance against the Colts, that's the reason he's on this list. I think it was one of the most versatile, best performances by any defensive player in the entire league last year, not just rookies. I mean, he's covering guys. He's He hit Andrew Luck four times. He had a great interception in the game. Uh, He is very aggressive in run support, which I think was the knock on him coming into the NFL because he's a 250-pound guy who used to play safety, but he was very good at that uh, when given the chance. And just everything adds up to a three-down player, whereas the other Patriots linebackers aren't necessarily three-down guys. And I think he'll be on the field every down and have a chance to make a lot of plays.
4: You were high on Brandon Spikes, and it wasn't until Spikes – got injured, that Collins got his chance. And then I thought they actually – that was a better move for the defense.
1: Yeah.
3: Maybe it took him a while to get up to speed. That was when you read the articles, reading between the lines. Yeah, look, it's a tough defense to pick up on. He wasn't quite ready for it. Uh, But when he had to be on the field – he was usually playing inside linebacker those last uh, couple of games. But he'd so often drop into coverage and just did a great job – whether as a slot cornerback it just was disarming to see a guy that's a linebacker like chasing down wide receivers from behind he's just a kind of an
5: athletic freak if you're Belichick, is this the most excited you've been about your de- about your defense in years because the emergence of Collins but you have Darrell Revis mm-hmm. who was your headache year after year this is a tough deal for the rest of the AFC East
4: you uh you mentioned all all of Jamie Collins' responsibilities, how he goes out and defends the pass, tight ends, running backs, even wide receivers. One guy who didn't make the leap but might might have been number 26 on our list, Emmanuel Lemire of Ooh, the Bengals.
3: Got Lemire into the
4: podcast. <laughs> has a lot of the same similarities as yeah, Collins. Congratulations, Emmanuel. 6'4", 245, no, 250, right. runs like the wind, and we'll be covering all these – The Bengals think he's a lot like Cam Chancellor. I
3: I hope they let Jamie Collins rush the passer because he was good at it. That's one of the reasons Lemire didn't make it is because it's hard to get attention as a coverage linebacker. I think they will let him rush, and I, I think your point on Belichick and the nucleus they have is absolutely true. Of course, I'm a homer, but I think they have a better nucleus now with Chandler Jones, Devin McCourty, Revis, Jamie Collins, Jared Mayo, where Belichick could be a little more creative Mm. For the first time in a Greg while, just floating. They've been vacation. very vanilla the last few years. Delusion, People don't know that
4: delusional Patriots fans. Oh stop! Throws <laughs>
3: Revis in his
4: nucleus on a one-year contract. Well, whatever. He's there this year.
3: Wait, it's a one-year world we're you living. Better, in. Just yeah, one you more better title. Better not get used to him. Revis allowed Rex Ryan. Daddy's gonna make his money elsewhere next That's year. That's fine. Re- Revis allowed Rex Ryan to get creative, and I think Belichick, who's been very vanilla with play calling the last few years, get a little creative. Mm. Darrell
2: doesn't play for the Patriots. He plays for the Benjamins. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's fine. All right, over-under time real quick. Uh,
2: Levante David, 130 tackles. Jamie Collins? Well, I Excuse me, Jamie Collins. <laughs> Let me do it again. <laughs> Jamie Collins, 130 tackles. Way under. Yeah, that's under.
3: Who gets yeah. 130 tackles? Do Levante
2: people? David at 140 Well, you
3: started that easy yeah. off the gate. I like and, that. Well, that makes it. And I compare. Levante David's a stud. I, I said Collins. Jamie Collins is making the
2: lead, according to Greg.
3: Collins, to me, it, in his best-case scenario, would be the AFC's – Edition of Levante David and Thomas Davis plus about Mm. fifteen pounds, but some similarities there. Wow! Seven sacks. I'm going to go over. I'm going
5: under. I'm going push. He will have seven.
2: (laughs) Mark out on a limb again. Whenever we do the projection, that's what you do. I
5: like it. Well, I go with what I see.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. That's it for today's podcast. A super sized edition. Of the Around the League podcast, we will be back on Thursday with special guests. His name came up a little earlier uh, in the show. Bucky Brooks will be back to lend his expertise, sitting in Greg's chair. Greg will now head off on vacation, where I'm sure he'll be doing something very exotic. And he he actually told me he's going to go watch
5: back to back to back. Transformers Age of Extinction. Three (laughs) times in a row in the theater. Have a nice vacation. TD's like, that sounds good to me. (laughs) TD's so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: I can't believe Transformers made it back into the podcast. (laughs) Second week in a row. My work is. Fist bump. TD. (laughs) All right, uh, yeah, that's it. Until Thursday, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Sizzler, The Boss, The Mailman, and TD. Until Thursday.
0: Calm.